Welcome this Wednesday. The book of Ephesians richly tells us that we have been blessed in Christ. Matter of fact, I'm wearing my Blessed in Christ shirt. This is the shirt that we give to those who've gone forth in baptism, and we give it as a gift just to remind them that they have been blessed in Christ beyond everything they can imagine or comprehend. The book of Ephesians also reminds us that we are to walk in a manner worthy of that calling, that we've been adopted as God's children, that we are to demonstrate him in everything we say and do. In chapter 5 today, it says in verse 1, Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. We are called to be God imitators. And that is demonstrated in our love, in our actions, as we interact with those around us. Would you pray with me as we ask for God's strength to help us to live out these truths and His Holy Spirit to guide us into His Word. Father, we do thank you for this day. Thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ, who serves as the ultimate example of what love is. Thank you, Jesus, for sending your Spirit to give us understanding and illumination into your Word. And when you be with us today in a special and powerful way, that enables us to live as we ought to be imitators of God. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I think that all of us could probably look back on our life and remember those who've impacted us, those who've had an influence, maybe from afar, maybe someone near close at hand, or maybe even uh, someone who is on TV. There are people that we aspire to be like. Maybe it's someone who you've read in history, a biography, and you're, you're, you're motivated by their example. We want to be imitators of them. I know that I've had people like that. I look at them and say, oh, I want to be like that. Or I want to have that conviction or that ability. And yet the Bible tells us not to be imitators of people down here, though they are worthy examples that we should look to as Hebrews talks about the heroes in the hall of faith, but that we should aim much higher than that. That Christians are called to be God imitators. That we're to look at our God revealed in Jesus Christ and imitate him, live after him. Now, we can't imitate his uh, non-communicable attributes, as the theological term is. Uh, His incommunicable attributes are those things that he does not pass on. What would those be? He does not give us his omnipotence, his omniscience, his omnipresence. Uh, He does not give us his godness. He doesn't make us God. So we're not called to imitate him in those ways but we are called to imitate his communicable attributes, those things that he does give to us, his love, his mercy, his compassion, his characteristics that define him as a person and as an individual. And in the Holy Trinity, we see the representation of God in his fullness, in his personality, in his love, in his grace. And we are to look to that Holy Trinity, the God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Spirit, and we should emulate them. Be imitators of God, Paul says. Now he says, therefore, be imitators of God. If you remember the last time we studied the passage at the end of chapter 4, there were some very specific instructions that have been given. That we're to love one another in the way that we talk and building one another up and forgiving one another. And as God in Christ forgave us, therefore, be God imitators. The beginning of chapter 5 is a continuation of the end of chapter 4 that probably the best way that we imitate God is by forgiving and by loving, that we are to imitate God in increasing measure, 
Actually, the Greek word here is in the present imperative. It is something that we should continually ongoing in our journey in Christ to imitate him and imitate him, remembering that we are beloved children, remembering that what we have been given. If we look back at chapter four and we remember the richness of the journey thus far, we remember that we have been dearly loved. I'm going to look at my notes here just to make sure I get all of these points right, that we are forgiven that the Holy Spirit lives in us, that we have a future with God, and that we are joined to one another in the body of Christ. And here, chapter 5, Paul again says, because you are beloved children, because you are blessed in Christ, because you have been made his children, you've been adopted because of this inglorious inheritance, be like him. Show your love for him in your actions. You know, one of the greatest joys being a father is when my children look up to me and they say, I want to be like you. Now, hopefully they'll be like me in my in my strengths and not my weaknesses. But it is a demonstration of their love and their affection to me as their father that they want to be like me. Just like I remember I wanted to be like my dad. I wanted to be like my hero. Now, some of you may not have earthly parents that did walk after Christ. And my... And my uh, my, my grief and sadness for you. Um, that is not the way that God intended it to be. And there may, there may indeed be deep wounds even in opening up that analogy. But regardless of your earthly parentage, you have a heavenly father who loves you. Matter of fact, you're called his beloved children. You are precious to him. And he wants you to live after him. And the way that you can demonstrate your love to him is by imitating your heavenly father. How are we supposed to imitate him? Well, verse 2, by walking in love. We imitate him by demonstrating forgiveness, the end of chapter 4, by forgiving one another as Christ forgave us, but also to walk in that love, that we are to walk daily. Again, present imperative in the Greek. The walking should be a continual thing that should mark who we are as Christians. One of the defining marks that Jesus said that people would know that we're his disciples as if we walk in love with one another. Now, where does that love come from? It is not something you can manufacture. I love the song, um, He Will Hold Me Fast. We've sung that at church, perhaps. You can listen to it. Oh, it's such a beautifully rich song. But the, but the writer, interestingly enough, the song was written about 150 years ago by a the daughter of a physician in England. And she was writing this song. And in one of the lines, she says, um, that though through life's fearful path, for my love is often cold. So I can never keep my hold through life's fearful path. And though my love is often cold, as I'm looking at the lyrics and reminding myself of what the song says, it's a very honest admission that sometimes my love is cold, that, that life is difficult, that there's no way that I can manufacture this on my own. I'm sure just like you feel that the same way. I know I do at times. Oh God, I know I'm supposed to love, but I confess, often my love is cold. Listen to the next line of the verse, because she writes, Though my love is often cold, he will hold me fast. It is not your love that you're supposed to show. It's Christ's love. Uh, and where does that love come from? It comes through him. You don't have the strength, the ability to love as you ought. Therefore, you must rest in Christ every single day. 
You see, because Jesus has adopted us as his children and given us his Holy Spirit, he's given us the capacity to love like we never could before. And then we have to constantly abide in him, John 15, so that he, he might bring fruits of love into our life, that we might bear the fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, these beautiful fruits that demonstrate the Spirit of God. But we're to constantly walk in that path. It is not optional. It is something that we are called to. Be an imitator of God, forgiving, recognizing that you are beloved. Walk in love as God himself continually walks in love. And you must do this as Christ loved us and gave himself for us. So at the end of chapter 4, we're supposed to forgive because Jesus forgave us. He is the ultimate example. And likewise, in chapter 5, we're to love because Jesus loved us. When you say, well, they don't deserve my love. They're, they're sinners. They're imperfect. Well, that's how Jesus loved us, Romans chapter 5. He did not love us when we were righteous, but rather while we were yet sinners, while we were dead in our transgressions, he loved us. It also says that he gave himself up for us. This requires self-denial. It requires putting our rights on the side. You see, there's no one in history more than Jesus that could put out and say that he's been justly offended, that his rights should allow him to not have to love and forgive, but rather to demand justice. There's no one that can claim that more than God because we have transgressed God with our sins. And yet his love, not only does he love us, but he denies his own rights, gives up his own rights, Philippians 2 says, and gives himself, offers himself in compassion, kindness, and gentleness. It is the denial of rights. It is the giving of self. And likewise, we are to deny our rights, to leave justice into the hands of God, and to walk in love, giving ourselves to that purpose. Not for the person in question, and maybe this will help you. Hopefully God will give, and I know he will if you seek him, will give you a genuine love for that person. But even in that moments that you don't feel love for that person, then do it out of love for your Savior. That when you are forgiving and when you are loving that person, you are loving God. And by doing this, you imitate God himself. That forgiveness and love is just grand beyond description. It's also just a great encouragement to me to remind myself about who our God is. But it also is so convicting about how far I have yet to go to show God as I ought. Thank God for his patience. Thank God that he is kind and he walks beside me. Just like if we're going to imitate God, we should do with others. So he gave himself up for us a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. He was willing to do this, participating in God's plan to give himself um, as a part of God's uh, purposes to redeem sinners. And by demonstrating forgiveness and love, we are participating in God's purposes, not in the same way Jesus did, absolutely, because he was the only sacrifice who could pay for sins. But by loving and forgiving, we are participating in God's redemptive plan to draw all peoples to himself. We are participating in God's redemptive plan to bring glory to God so that the world says, who, who can forgive and love like these people, these Christians? And we can say, not I, but Christ. Any glory is not for me, but should go to Jesus, who first ransomed me and filled me with his love. 
And then we can be radiant ambassadors to those around us. But here is the really practical challenge, brother and sister in Christ, is that loving people and forgiving people are some of the foremost hallmarks of being imitators of God. How well do you imitate God? Are you forgiving? Are you loving? Are you seeking to walk in that power and that identity he's granted you day after day? Do you not have the strength? Do you not have the motivation? Well, then abide in Christ and you will bear fruit. Abide in his word. Abide in prayer. Seek him. Confess sins. Pursue him with your whole heart. And he will, through his Holy Spirit, bear fruit of love, joy, all these beautiful fruits that testify of the goodness of our God. Would you pray with me today? Father, wherever my brother and sister finds themselves, I pray that you would grant them the grace, the strength to be imitators of you, forgiving, kind, loving, not asserting the rights, but rather giving oneself up for the sake of love. And I pray for my friend out there who is listening but has never tasted of the goodness of Christ. I pray that they would put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone. Oh God, may you be glorified in everything we say and do. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Before I sign off, I just want to remind you this coming Sunday, we're going to, God willing, be having another outdoor service. And I know it gets a little warm. So stay tuned for details uh, right here on Facebook and watchhbclinchburg.com where you'll be able to hear the latest on what the service will be, um, what times. Uh, all those details, please make sure you tune in, tune in for those. We had a wonderful Sunday last Sunday, worshiping the Lord. And I pray that if uh, that you would help us uh, demonstrate Christ to our community, love people around us, and that we would truly be imitators of him in everything we say and do. God bless and have a blessed Wednesday.